0: Eliminating English. (laughs) Oh, you won't believe what the morons are up to this time. Uh, NPR, speaking of morons, somehow manages not to tell the whole story, of course. And TikTok admits to what we already know and we've already said a million years ago. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We're back. My apologies for missing Wednesday. Um... Just a little short personal side note, Uh, as you know, I've been suffering from this eczema for the last two or three months, three or four months actually, and uh, I got hit by a very bad bout of it on Wednesday, and I just could not put the show together, let alone come on camera looking the way I did. Uh, Not that this is a whole lot better, but it's better, trust me. Uh, Anyway, today I went to a, uh, a new dermatologist and discovered that the problem is not eczema, It is photodermatitis. Yeah. Basically, I need to be a vampire because I'm allergic to the sun. Yay. Uh, No, it's actually quite bad. All over my body, from my scalp all the way down to my feet, and everything in between, so you can imagine. Enough of that about me. Uh, I'm on a whole bunch of good stuff, and it's making already making some improvements, so... Thankfully, uh, well, hopefully we're, we're on the way to being healed. And thanks to those of you who'd, uh, sent messages and said, hello, we really appreciate it. Uh, all right. So we got lots going on tonight and lots to talk about, and we will be doing that throughout right now, though. We'll update you on our favorite furry female little friend, and that would be the Miko update. Yeah, Miko is uh, doing great. Where's Miko? Hello. Wait a minute. Where's me? <laughs> all right, <clears throat> because I didn't get the chance to play this on Monday's show, I know it's almost a week old, but I'm going to play it anyway. This background video is Miko and me at the dog show. And uh, when we were about to uh, about to take off, yeah, there's me, there's Miko. And this is our performance at the dog show and how it all worked out, at least a little piece of it. She's doing great. We, uh, you know, part of what we got for participating in this dog show was barf food. It's that frozen raw food. I was kinda leery of it, but Miko loves it. It's not cheap, but uh she really loves it. We're thinking about switching her over to it possibly. So there we go. We pick up Miko, put her up on the bench. Uh there's the assistant and the judge is gonna come over now in just a bit. There's the judge. Uh, I think he was Japanese. I'm I i could not be sure. He looks like he might have been Japanese. So there's me and there's Miko up on the table. And this is the dog we were competing with. It was two by two. And uh, it was a lot of fun too. We really had a blast. Dog checked out all the bone structure and everything else and how he stood or she stood. And then he would say, okay, go back, go down to one end, go up to the other. I think this might be the bit where she lost her collar, but she did really good. Look at that. Walks down, walks around, around the other side. There we go. (laughs) Just to see how her pacing is. She was great. And like we said before, she had such a good time. We all had such a good time. It really was a blast. So there we go. Coming around. One more time around. And uh, she's not quite sure where to go. There's so much excitement going on. And she loves the excitement. So she is just following everything anywhere. And uh, there we go. Fantastic. What a great time we had. Seriously, good time. Miko, she's doing great, and uh, she's having the time of her life. Miko Update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. Slash Miko. You can get a free month. Check it out at BarkBox.com slash Miko. It's a multi-month subscription one month six months 12 months and if you sign up for a multi-month you get an extra month free and every month delivered right to your door for your dog will be a box full of themed treats toys and a dog chew two toys two treats a dog chew and uh, every month it's a new theme every month it'll come right to your door you don't have to even think about it And if there's ever anything you don't like, you're not satisfied, you just give them a a call, you get a hold of of, our email, a customer service, they'll make it right. Satisfaction guaranteed. You must check this out. It's our special link, which will get you that free month. And uh, they've got another offer coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. But for right now, free month with a multi-month subscription. And that is our link in the show notes, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Thank you BarkBox for uh, sponsoring the the Miko update. All right. Oh man, we got so much crap going on today. It's just unbelievable. I'm putting the show together and I'm thinking it's going to be another one. And I I couldn't quite think of a, a way to a way to title the show, but banning English really is a uh, Yeah, I guess it's kind of appropriate. Take a look at this. It's from Blaze Media. It's, again, a head shaker. Democratic lawmakers are proposing to remove the English language requirement for Washington police, firefighters, to promote diversification and address staffing shortages. Look, I'm not one of these, you live in America, English is our language, speak English. Because we have different cultures, different areas of the country. Uh, Chinatown in San Francisco and other big cities have their own Chinatowns. There are Italian sections, especially like Boston has a huge Italian section where some of the old school folks still speak their native Italian. Uh, Obviously in the South, and parts of New York, uh, Spanish is hugely spoken. When I lived in Key West for five years, I had, I was working in law enforcement. So of course I spoke English mostly, but I had to learn a bit of Cuban Spanish. It's a dialect of Spanish in order to communicate because some of the residents there were Cuban and spoke very little English. So I had to learn to speak un poquito Spanish, Espanol, um, I've lost most of it by now. But, so again, I'm not one of these, this this is America, you gotta speak English. No, that's not the way it goes. America is a smelting pot of all kinds of cultures and languages and people and ideas, and that's what makes it fantastic. That's what makes America, America. But, having said that, the main language of America is English. When I moved here to Malaysia, our main language, although mostly everybody speaks some level of English, which is why, sad to say, I never learned much Bahasa Malaysia, which is the the Malay language. I know some enough to communicate, enough to hold a conversation, order food, be polite. But uh, to really thoroughly speak the language, I never really got forced to learn. Because almost everyone speaks some level of English. Same thing in America. Almost everybody speaks some language of uh, of English, some level of English. As you should. Because it is the main language of the country. Yes, there are areas where Italian, Spanish, whatever, Dutch, they're all spoken. German? But come on, they're thinking of dropping the language requirement for English? Several Democratic lawmakers in Washington state are proposing a bill. Thank God it's only a proposal at the moment. It would open up law enforcement and firefighter applicants' eligibility to those who cannot speak or write in English. This would remove the English language requirement for city police officers, firefighters, fish and wildlife officers, individuals applying for positions with the sheriff's office. According to State Senator Javier Valdez, a Democrat and 10 other Democrats who sponsored the bill, it seeks to expand eligibility in certain civil service positions to allow lawful permanent residents to apply. At least they're doing it for lawful permanent residents and not illegal immigrants. The amended version of the bill, which passed the state Senate in March, states that it removes the requirement for applicants to uh, certain civil service positions, that they must be able to read and write in English. The bill gives job access to people who are qualified but have previously been excluded from applying, you know, in law enforcement, at least, that I can talk about because I, I was in law enforcement for five years. Um, there are so many qualifications you have to go through. If you can't take the time to learn a little English, I mean, basic English. Come on. Really? I can't believe that's that much of a. Uh, of a. Uh, Inhibitance, if that's a word to applying for the job. Seems a bit uh, wacky. You want to read the whole story, you can do that. It's in our show notes tonight. And it's from uh, Blaze Media. It's just more of the country going to hell in a handbasket. You enjoying it so far? You had enough yet? Not yet? Mm, you have to wait until things get worse, I guess. This is from The Post Millennial. It's about NPR. It's a story on NPR. All right, where's it going? There we go. Okay, NPR social justice reporter did a report about a trans, get out of there, a trans member's suicide during an eviction. A trans person committed suicide while he or she was being evicted And that was the story. That's it. Full stop. They did a story about this poor trans person who killed themselves as a result of being evicted from his or her apartment, I guess. Well, here's what they didn't say in the NPR story. The victim shot and injured a cop before they killed themselves. You think maybe that might be a little bit important? A social justice reporter for a Seattle NPR station attempted to... You know, your tax money pays for this crap. You enjoying that? Attempted to garner sympathy for a trans-democratic socialist of American member who was affiliated with Antifa, lovely, that allegedly killed himself. What the reporter failed to mention is that the activist had committed suicide allegedly after shooting a cop while being served an eviction notice. King County Sheriff's deputy shot while serving an eviction notice in the Ballard neighborhood of Seattle, according to law enforcement. Three deputies were serving the notice when they encountered the resident being evicted. There was a shootout. Three deputies opened fire and one deputy was shot in the upper torso above his bulletproof vest. The deputy who was shot was identified as David Easterly remains in critical condition at Harborview Medical Center's ICU. The independent force investigation team for King County identified the resident being evicted who was involved in the shooting as 29-year-old Eusitis Eusitis formerly Nathan Saussig Stausig, a transgender woman. The King County Medical Examiner confirmed that Stalsig died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. There's the police report. Unbelievable. Thanks to Andy No for uh, getting the full facts. This NPR station did anything but. They purposely left out the fact that this trans woman shot at the cops. There was a shootout. She critically injured one of the cops before she took her own life. you think that might have been part of the story. hmm? But, nope. Because that's the way NPR operates. And like I said in the beginning, your tax dollars are paying for this crap. And during their fun drives, I assume some of you more left-leaning liberal morons are probably donating extra money to NPR. Just stop doing that, please. For exactly these kind of things. Hey, uh, okay, TikTok. TikTok. We've been talking about TikTok forever on this show. We hate TikTok. We encourage you to get off TikTok. We encourage you very strongly to get your kids off TikTok. And here you go from the reclaimthenet.org. TikTok CEO admits China has access to U.S. user data. He also downplayed TikTok employees in China spying on U.S. journalists. There he is, Mr. Sho Chow, I guess it is. During a fiery appearance in front of the U.S. lawmakers, the CEO of Chinese owned social media app TikTok confirmed China does have access to U.S. users' data. Uh, Representative Bob Lotta repeatedly asked TikTok CEO. Zhao Chu whether any China-based employees of TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, had access to U.S. users' data. After Project Texas, a $1.5 billion restructuring effort intended to allay U.S. concerns about China's influence over TikTok, is done. The answer is no, Chu said. Today, there is still some data We need to delete in Virginia. After admitting that Chinese-based employees can access user data, Chu attempted to downplay the admission. Questioned by Rep. Kat Kamak from uh, China-based employees' access to data, he insisted we have to be more specific and that some user data is public data, which means everybody can search for it. Chu told uh, Tim Wahlberg, a representative, that ByteDance employees in Beijing do have access to American data. He said, we rely on globally interoperability and we have employees in China, so yes, the Chinese engineers do have special access access to global data. You know what that, It just global data is a nice buzzword. Your contacts, your, your PMs, what websites you visit, what things you buy, all that, every bit of it, what messages you send, what posts you post, even before you post them, and even if you change your mind and don't post them, while you are preparing a post, you're typing up. They can see that. And even if you decide not to send something, they've still logged it. So you enjoy yourselves over there on TikTok. I'm serious, folks. Please get your kids off TikTok. It's unbelievable. All right, we want to say thanks and hello to one of our sponsors here on the Jay Sheldon Show, and that would be Brick House Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition has all kinds of incredible products, including my favorite field of greens. This is them. And uh, folks, we all know fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. I'll tell you what, remember in the beginning of the show, I just mentioned how uh, I had this new diagnosis of an allergy to the sun. Well, one of the ways they're treating this is with Probiotics and prebiotics for gut health. The key to healthy living, fresh, healthy fruits and vegetables. But while the word fresh kind of is in there, it's not so easy to do that. The problem is they're hard to cook. You have to go shopping for them. By the time you get around to using them, sometimes they go off, they're perishable. How many times have you bought them only to have them go off in a few days before you ever got to eat them? Well, Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables all ground up into an amazing tasting powder. Check this out. Here we go. Look at this. An amazing tasting powder in several tasty varieties you can mix in with whatever your favorite drink is. You can mix it with water, orange juice, green tea, whatever. And these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. They're not extracts. You look on the back of these packages and you will find nutrition facts, not supplement facts because they're not supplements. They're real 100% USDA organic fruits and vegetables. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link in the show notes, which is just down below here, and uh, you will get an amazing offer from The Jay Sheldon Show and Brickhouse Nutrition. This is my favorite product of all from Brickhouse. And like I said, it is Field of Greens. They got all kinds of great offers. And if you use our link in our show notes, you'll get an even better deal. So check it out. And thanks, Brickhouse Nutrition. Link is in our show notes and uh, you want to check them out. Find out more about it. All right. I got a few tweets that I don't normally stick in the show, but they were so important. And I share these with you so that you can go out there and you can also follow these folks because they're worth the follow. They're really worth the follow. Um, This is from a thread from Peter Sweden. Love this guy. If you're not following at Peter Sweden seven, you're missing out. Take a look. He says, let me tell you what will happen. Can we get there? They will use the financial crisis and inflation as an excuse to implement digital currency. Did I not tell you this? Months ago, central bank digital currency, digital ID, personal carbon trackers, social credit score, ultimately climate lockdowns, this is The Great Reset. And you need to do everything you can to fight it. And the best thing you can do is vote. Vote. Vote smart, and then you call your congresspeople and representatives. You tell them you are a voter. You do vote, and you are completely against any idea of digital IDs, central bank digital currencies, personal carbon tracking. You know, it's a power grab, folks. That's all it is. It's simply a power grab, and they're doing everything they can to maintain their power. And it won't stop until you stop them. You know, I put that uh, I put that link up in a couple of shows ago about the things you can do. It's a huge long list. You know, if I'm not mistaken, it might have even been been Peter Sweden. So give him a follow, but check out that link. I put the link in our show notes a few shows back. So check that out. All right, we've got a couple of more here we want to share with you before we get on to our White Fang book uh boy it's taking a bit to load tonight unbelievable it's very slow uh let's see this is from bernie's spot bernie s off fourth i whatever sometimes these these uh handles are a bit weird All right, let me just reload this thing and see if i can get it to run because <clears throat> twitter's being very temperamental tonight and I have no idea why. Hello there, are you gonna work? Apparently not. (laughs) What the heck? Come on, Twitter, let's go. It's just, it's not coming up. I rarely, if ever, have these problems. I'm gonna try one more thing. Wow, wow. Even the Twitter feed for the homepage has gone to crap. Something's up with Twitter. Is Twitter down? That really sucks because I really, really wanted to share this thing with you. But apparently I'm not going to get the chance. Huh. All right. So while we're waiting, I'll remind you, because I don't do that often enough, that right over here is a follow button, and we really need you to follow. Um, oh, look, it finally loaded. Okay, hang on. Um, I'm just going to pull this back. Oh, stop it. Okay. Anyway, the follow button over here. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, and it helps the show out tremendously. So please, if you just have a second, click that follow button, and uh, you'll be helping us out a lot. Okay, here's another one from Bernie's Tweets. Follow them on, Facebook, on Twitter. They're a brilliant account. Not only can't they tell you exactly what it is, net zero, but reaching it, even reaching it, won't be enough for these idiots. We must remove all carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, which, if you pass, I don't know, grammar school science, you know exactly how stupid that would be because without carbon dioxide life on earth ceases to exist that means you me the plants the animals everything take a listen to this crap from this idiot you said twice getting to net zero is going to be hard really hard And uh, just remind everybody that 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 will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies and breakthrough innovations, number one. But even if we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet. Okay, so this idiot... Follow the science and kill every living organism on the planet. I don't know that that web sound just played because I didn't see my meters moving here. If it didn't, for our podcast, I will stripe in the audio of John Kerry making a complete ass out of himself and uh, saying that we need to get to net zero, which means zero carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which... If you know the slightest, the minimalist, the smallest amount of info about how science works, you'd know that without carbon dioxide, just like without oxygen, we can't live. These people, honestly. All right, a couple of good news stories. One I added at the very last minute, but this is... Amazing. We always end with some good news, and this is certainly one. Making History. This is from uh, Kevin W. at Brink underscore Thinker on Twitter. The first person on the planet with a 76% disability who managed to finish a marathon. Take a look at this. This is incredible. This gentleman, 76% disabled, he is the first person on the planet to completely finish a marathon. And look at that. Here he is. There he is, headed for the finish line. And there he goes. First person ever, 76%. Oh, look at that. How proud! How proud. Wow, wow, that's incredible. What a good news story. That'll get you right in the heart. Unbelievable, wow. All right, I'm not crying, you're crying. (laughs) Okay, one more link and I can't play it because of copyright strikes, but it is so beautiful, I had to include it in the show It's the last link in our show notes that says in today's show, all the links of all the stuff we talk about are in there, including second to the last one is this one with this gentleman finishing the marathon. But after that is one more link to a tweet from Andrea Botticelli. It is him in Times Square singing amazing grace. One of my favorite songs. Missy Bean, if you're watching or listening, and I'm pretty sure you are, it's not only just for you, it's for everybody. But I thought of you when I saw this, so please do check it out, if nothing else. It's the very last link in our In Today's Show links. I can't play it. Sadly, I would play it all day long if I were able to. But copyright laws being what they are, I can't play it. I just wanted to let you know it's there. I can't encourage you enough to go check it out and uh, get inspired. Get inspired. Be worth your time. All right. We got one more uh, little thing we got to do here before we uh, move on to our book, and that is uh, to say thanks to another one of our sponsors, Skillshare. Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform created for both learners and teachers, lecturers, educators. It's got more than 30,000 classes to choose from, new courses added all the time, design, tech, illustration, business, and many, many more. If you're a learner, you can take an online course and a specific skill you want to learn. Whatever it is, trust me, just imagine a skill you'd like to learn, juggling. You want to be silly. Or, you know, computer language, computer coding. Look it up. It's there at Skillshare. If you're a teacher, you can create and publish a course on any skill you have an expertise in and make a little side income on Skillshare. Skillshare has a huge variety of skills. The biggest skills are in topics in the creative field. Design, photography, cinematography, motion graphics, Blender—they even have courses in Blender with, with you know, uh, visual effects. Anyway, not just in those topics, thousands of others. You'll find something there you're interested in learning. If you check out Skillshare, anyone can take a class, do a project, even teach a course, whether you're an individual or a team. JJ, hello there. Thanks, welcome in we got a special offer for you. Check out the link in our show notes. It's right at the top couple of links in our show notes for Skillshare. For one week only, you will get 40% off with the code MARCH4023. That's a special code just for this Jay Sheldon show. You enter at MARCH4023 and you will get 40% off. That's huge Skillshare. If the price is what's been holding you back, can't hold you back anymore. Skillshare is the site and just check out that link, our special link in our show notes tonight. Second link down, I think. And use your discount code March4023 when you sign up to get 40% off. Wow, that's a good deal. Mm, indeed. All right. So much going on tonight, and it's time to move on over to White Fang. We read books on this show. We always remind you of that. We've been doing it forever. Uh, we've been doing uh, all the classics. Peter Pan, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, you name it, we've done the books. And right now we've been doing White Fang, which is an amazing book. It's uh, written, uh, published originally back in 1906 with... Um, Uh, Jack London. And you know what? All of a sudden, for some weird reason, ah, I thought I'd lost my place. (laughs) We're on part four, chapter two. It's called The Mad God. A small number of white men lived in Fort Yukon. These men hadn't been long in the country. They called themselves sourdoughs, took great pride in classifying themselves so. For many other men, new in the land, they felt nothing but disdain. The men who came ashore from the steamers steamers were newcomers. They were known as Cheququas, and they were always wilted at the application of their name. They made their bread with baking powder. This was the invidious distinction between them and the sourdoughs, who, forsooth, made their bread from sourdough because they had no baking powder all of which was neither here nor there. The men in the fort disdained the newcomers and enjoyed seeing them come to grief. Especially did they enjoy the havoc worked amongst the newcomers' dogs by White Fang and his disreputable gang. When a steamer arrived, the men of the fort made it a point to always come down to the bank and see the fun. They looked forward to it with as much anticipation as did the Indian dogs, they were not slow to appreciate the savage and crafty part played by White Fang. "'But there was one man amongst them who particularly enjoyed the sport. "'He would come running at the first sound of a steamboat's whistle. "'And when the last fight was over and White Fang and the pack had scattered, "'he'd return slowly to the fort, his face heavy with regret.' Sometimes, when a soft Southland dog went down, shrieking in its death cry under the fangs of the pack, this man would be unable to contain himself. He'd leap into the air and cry out with delight. And always he had a sharp and covetous eye for White Fang. This man was called Beauty by the other men of the fort. No one knew his first name. And in general, he was known in the country as beauty smith. But he was anything to save a beauty. To antithesis was due to his naming. He was preeminently unbeautiful. Nature had been niggardly with him. He was a small man to begin with, and upon his meager frame was deposited an even more strikingly meager head its annex might well be likened to a point. In fact, in his boyhood, before he'd been named Beauty by his fellows, he'd been called Pinhead. Backwards from the apex, his head slanted down to his neck, and forward it slanted uncompromisingly to meet a low and remarkably wide forehead. Beginning here, as though regretting their parsimony, nature had spread his feature with lavish hands. His eyes were large, and between them was the distance of two eyes. His face, in relation to the rest of him, was prodigious. In order to discover the necessary area, nature had given him an enormous, prognathous jaw. It was wide and heavy, and protruded outward and down until it seemed to rest on his chest. Possibly this appearance was due to the weariness of the slender neck, unable to properly support so great a burden. The jaw gave the impression of ferocious determination, but something lacked. Perhaps it was from an excess. Perhaps the jaw was too large. At any rate, it was a lie. Beauty Smith was known far and wide "'as the weakest of weak-kneed and sniveling cowards. "'To complete his description, "'his teeth were large and yellow, "'while the two eye-teeth, larger than their fellows, "'showed underneath his lean lips like fangs. "'His eyes were yellow and muddy "'as though nature'd run short on pigments "'and squeezed together the dregs of all of her tubes.' It was the same with his hair, sparse, irregular of growth, muddy yellow and dirty yellow, rinsing on his head and sprouting out of his face in unexpected tufts and bunches, in appearance like clumped and wind-blown grain. In short, Beauty Smith was a monstrosity, and the blame of it lay elsewhere. He was not responsible. The clay of him had been so molded in the making. He did the cooking for the other men in the fort, dishwashing, the drudgery. They didn't despise him. Rather, did they tolerate him in a broad human way, as one tolerates any creature evilly treated in the making. Also, they feared him. His cowardly rages made them dread a shot in the back or poison in their coffee. But somebody had to do the cooking, and whatever else in his shortcomings, Beauty Smith could cook. This was the man that looked at White Fang, delighted in his ferocious prowess, desired to possess him. He made overtures to White Fang from the first. White Fang began by ignoring him. Later on, when the overtures became more insistent, White Fang bristled, bared his teeth, and backed away. He did not like the man. The feel of him was bad. He sensed an evil in him, feared the extended hand and attempts at soft-spoken speech, because of all of this, he hated the man. The simpler creatures... Good and bad things are simply understood. The good stands for all things that bring easement, satisfaction, and surcease from pain. Therefore, the good is liked. The bad stands for all things that are fraught with discomfort, menace, and hurt, and is hated accordingly. A white fang's feel of beauty smith was bad. From the man's distorted body and twisted mind, in occult ways like mists rising from malarial marshes, came emanations, emanations of the unhealth within. Not by reasoning, not by the five senses alone, but by other and remoter, unchartered senses, came the feeling to White Fang that the man was. Ominous with evil, pregnant with hurtfulness, and therefore a bad thing, and wisely to be hated. A White Fang was in Gray Beaver's camp when Beauty Smith first visited it. At the faint sound of his distant feet before he came into sight, White Fang knew who was coming and began to bristle. He'd been lying down in an abandon of comfort but rose quickly and, as the man arrived, slid away in true wolf-like fashion to the edge of the camp. He didn't know what they said, but he could see the man and Gray Beaver talking together. Once the man pointed at him, and White Fang snarled back as though the hand were just descending upon him instead of being as it was 50 feet away. The man laughed at this, and White Fang slunk away to the sheltering woods. His head turned to observe as he glided softly to the ground. Gray Beaver refused to sell the dog. He'd grown rich with his trading and stood in need of nothing. Besides, White Fang was a valuable animal. The strongest sled dog he'd ever owned, and the best leader. Furthermore, there was no dog like him on the Mackenzie nor the Yukon. He could fight, killed other dogs as easily as men killed mosquitoes. Beauty Smith's eyes lighted up at this, and he licked his thin lips with an eager tongue. No white fang was not for sale at any price. But Beauty Smith knew the ways of Indians. And that's where we will leave it until Monday Night Stream with The Adventures of White Fang. Wah! Love this book. Fantastic. And coming up, I think, when we're done with White Fang, just a pre-warning, I think we're going to do Treasure Island. So, yeah, we'll have that for you coming up. All right, that is pretty much going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you so much. Please just take a brief moment to hit the follow button. It's right over here. Just click that follow button. Really means the world to us. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you again on Monday night, same time, same platforms. <laughs> I will see you then. This has been the Jay Sheldon Show. Good- <clears throat>